The podcast that you're about to listen to does not care about your emotions, your hypersensitivity, or your political correctness. If you wish to continue, then shut up and sit down. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, listening to the Alpha 5 Podcast. I'm Frank, a.k.a. PJ, here with John, Fabian, and Ray. Fellas, what's up? What's going on? What's happening, my guy? I missed you, guys. I feel like the survivor of a hurricane from this past <laughs> week. Yeah, I know, man. It, it sucks because it kind of fucked up all of the things in, in the Northeast region of America that we needed to do, like a podcast. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I didn't have power for two days. I didn't know what to do with myself. It was felt a little awkward. And like, yeah, I'm saying, I, I'm saying this with Ray here and, he, I, you know, him being out in Puerto yeah, Rico. I was, actually, like, I was about to actually say, yeah, that happens when a bird shits on the, on the wires over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't understand, understand any of your struggles because I've had internet and electricity the entire time. Enjoy the project, guys. No, <laughs> man, it wasn't. Damn. <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's my phrase when I say enjoy the struggle. Because enjoy the projects, my nigga, and enjoy it. I'm saying like, raise raise out in an area that hasn't had fucking yeah, but that's power not, for like. You're in America. You should have power at all times. Enjoy the projects. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So dealing with that today was fucking hot as hell. Like, mm-hmm. od hot. I tried to do some weed whacking. Nah. Uh, nah, I was I wasn't I wasn't about it. Ray, I don't know how you deal with this shit with natural disasters and fucking heat and humidity and fuck that shit. I can't wait till this weekend. Supposedly it's gonna be in like the seventies. I'm about it. I'm not really ten minutes away from the beach. So you know what? I really I don't feel bad anymore about <laughs> complaining. I just kind of want to say go fuck yourself now. But it's cool. I get it. it it's all right. Word. So. You know, we were talking after our last pod, and we've all found it real interesting how relatable we are growing up as black men in, in well, quote unquote, you know, as minorities and whatnot. But it really got us talking also about our differences and our different upbringings. And that's really what we wanted to bring to the forefront in this pod. Um, because we, we're we all real, like, interesting. I think it's probably the, the best way to, to say that. It's a good word for it's saying weird. Interesting. Yeah, all right. But um, <laughs> no, in, in, all, in all seriousness, we all have uh, our individual situations that kind of made us who we are just like just like everybody and we wanted to kind of touch into those because i'm sure they're relatable right to a lot of people um listening who wants to lead this off because i know a lot of shit but i'll do it <laughs> i'll do it go ahead john uh, i mean just in general everybody everybody is raised differently but mm-hmm. i guess speaking to speaking to my own experience i feel like Mine's is a little bit more unique. I have a dad that fought in the Vietnam War. He did two tours, mm-hmm. Purple Heart, PTSD, 100% dis- disabled, the whole fucking shebang. And also... Two Purple I, Hearts, bro? No, he got one Purple Heart. One Purple mm-hmm. Heart. And, um, but he's, he's still... That didn't give him his, his 100% disability. It was that on top of the PTSD. Yeah. 100%. Before wow. it was in the, I want to say it was in the sixties. That's crazy. Which even because what had happened was, uh, I feel like Purple Heart should be immediate almost. Right. Well, a landmine blew up next to him, and all of the shrapnel and all of the shit went into his legs, fucked him up. That mm-hmm. was during his second tour. So at that point, he was sixty percent around. I want to say like sixty-four mm-hmm. percent. And in two thousand, uh, we found out that he had PTSD. So that gave him the rest of the percentage. And then we had to like sit down with a bunch well, of- Well, hold on, hold on. You didn't find out he had PTSD until after? 
Like Ciao. after he was, yeah. Ciao. The thing Ciao. is because I feel like what PTSD is a relatively new term, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So about 16 years old, I had to sit in a big ass circle with a bunch of doctors and my entire family, my five siblings and my two parents. And they pretty much told us that my dad has PTSD and he passed it down to us. What? Not, not genetically. But no, be- but through your upbringing. But upbringing. Behaviorally. Yeah. So a lot of the things that we saw from him when he's short fused and very intense at times, we picked it up through watching that behavior. Mm. Y'all know me, right? A lot of me comes from how I was talked to and treated as, as you know, and I'm not blaming Mm -hmm. my dad because that's a war. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. But uh, the way I am, like, that comes from somewhere. Uh, it's it's kind of it's I mean in a way though it's kind of like the war never ended though. It does still like because you're, you're still fighting in that sense. It's just like right. it. He kind of brought it home and that translated down to you. That's right. really my the mom, best way to put it. I think. My mom told me that he was a completely different person after he came back. He was like a loving, caring. Like, family. how long was he in Vietnam for? He was in. I think he was there for about two years. I want to say, oh, which is a long time in the jungle where you're not. You know what I mean? And he had told us one story about um, his platoon. They were, his captain was like, charge, and they were going to go fight some, you know, gorillas or whatever. And the, and the captain jumped on top of a tank and was like, charge mm-hmm. these motherfuckers. And as soon as he got on the tank, he got shot in the head and bullet flew through his fucking brain. My father was right there. Yeah. Another time my dad told me that um, he got lost from his troop and had to um, sleep in a rice paddy but you couldn't sleep laying down because that's how you got you got caught you got killed that way by sleeping laying down. So he had to sleep standing up, with his leaning on his gun in a rice paddy. You understand? So these are things that he took home with him. Yeah. Say, and, any, and, anything as a kid that you end up complaining about, like he he's right. obviously going to turn around and be like, oh, "You that, have no idea." <laughs> right, and that's kind of what happened. So if I'm telling you, yo, it's, my, it's, no, it's really interesting that you um. Mentioned that I think there's a. You said that that he brought that home. There's like a, a PTSD poem that's called "Things I Carry." I forget yeah. who, that who wrote it, but it, it goes along with those things. I just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah. Well, my uncle, uh, he died right after my dad came home from Vietnam, and then like I want to say a day or a week later, my grandfather died, mm-hmm. and he didn't show any emotion. Before that, he would have. But after that, he didn't. He know people die. And that's kind of what his attitude was. So it was a lot of that. And also being raised in a black Christian household where listening, to, to, ask that, yeah. Yeah, listening to a Michael Jackson CD will get your ass whooping, which it did on several occasions. Um, not a CD, a tape, because we didn't have CDs. But you couldn't listen to anything. You couldn't watch anything. You couldn't be anything. Oh, you, had, I, you know, I used to beg to go to karate. When I was younger, because Power Rangers and stuff like that, I wanted to go karate, and I was told that it was demons and Satanism and all of that. Yo, those. Winston, it's called "The Things They Carried." Things they carried the things they carried by Tim O'Brien, and it's a book based on the Vietnam War. I'm interested. So, so if you could send, yeah, me a- I think, I yeah. Like- so all of all of this is to say, I don't want to put it 100 percent on my father, but my father has a lot to do with how you know, part of the reason why I am the way I am and how you were raised is not that um, he loved in the ways that he knew how, but I think that once you get into that certain stage, it kind of wipes certain things from you. And so when you come and me being the youngest of six, it's not like I was just there. I, it took me a while to be born. My parents was only 40. So I had grew up watching Full House. and they were how old? Your parents were how old? Well, they were 38 when they had me. Right. Oh, wow. So I, I grew up watching Full House and Family Matters and growing up with Frank and Fabian, seeing that their parents were actually doing what I wanted my parents to do, or at least my dad, but I didn't get that. So it was a conflict like, yo, I know that this exists, so why can't he do it? I didn't mm. understand about any of that. You know what I mean? About what he was going through as his own individual person. So it affected me in a way mm-hmm. where... I see my family as my friends, and I'm probably mm-hmm. closer to the people that I'm on the Zoom with 
closer to my family because it creates a lot of fucked up dynamics is really my point. Mm. You know what I mean? John, do you, do you think, um, being, being a black man coming back from war inhibited him from being able to like connect with what he was dealing with? Because I, I back, back then, like it was, it was just different. Like, like a, a black man had to be a different type of symbol, I guess is. Well, I don't know if my father fed into that because what he did was he was looking for a way out of his fucked up situation and that he wasn't drafted because that was the last time the United States had a draft because of Vietnam War. He wasn't drafted. He volunteered. And because he volunteered, his little brother followed him, my uncle Ennis. Mm. My father warned him, don't do it, but he did it anyway. So I don't think my father did it for... My parents are kind of oblivious to that, even though the racism existed. I don't know if they really realized what was going on. My father said racism didn't exist in the military at that time because when you have bullets flying at you, it doesn't matter if you're black or white or anything. You're just fighting for the people that's fighting for you. Right. As, as for what he... And when he came home to, I'm sure he he had to deal with it, but I'm not sure he was aware that he was dealing with it at a time because his mind was still in that jungle. Mm-hmm. He wound up, you know, a lot of fucked up. He, he wound up, uh, Ray, I don't know if you're familiar, but Agent Orange. Yeah. So he had, he had inhaled Agent Orange, and my oldest sister, she has Down syndrome. Mm. Directly because of that. Like, a hundred percent. They thought the rest of us was going to have something wrong with us too. And we do, but not as severe. <laughs> Chemically though. Like, yeah, I know it's funny. It's funny to say on the outlet cause I said it funnily, but it's like, no, yeah, that's the doctors up. really thought it was going to be something wrong with all of us because of this fucking thing that they put in, in the jungle to, to kill the yeah. pesticides and stuff like that. So I don't know if my father came back even thinking about racism because of what mm-hmm. he dealt with. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know where his mindset it, was. It was trivial at that point. Like, right. All, he, the, <laughs> not, well, the only thing I can really speak to is the amount of lockdown that I had in my life had, it was huge. And it kind of made me the person now that you can't tell me nothing because all I have had was somebody telling me something. You know what I mean? So it, it really... Raising, you know, we all had different, you know, different experiences growing up, but that's just mine. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's funny because I, 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 I remember a lot of that stuff. Like I, re- I remember religiously how you would go to church on Sundays. Like it would just like, it, it, right. You hated every second of it. And, and I remember the first time you didn't and how weird and awkward it mm-hmm. was. Cause like, but I also remember the the um, the conflict that you were feeling at at the time because like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. where where I'm supposed to be where 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 my mind is telling me I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. and I I mean I remember that 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 was hard because that was like the first time that you were like no I don't want to do that and like kind of coming the, into your own the first time I told my parents I didn't want to go to church no more they beat the shit out of me. Mm. And I'm talking about they beat the shit out of me. I remember parents, that. I wasn't going to say pop, that. Yeah, no, that's fine. My parents, my, my ankles, my, my dad stripped my ass naked. Well, man, how old are you? Uh, I want to say I was 15 or 16. Stripped uh, my ass naked. I, I was older. I think it was like 14, maybe 15. Maybe. maybe. About it, 16, was, it was yeah. somewhere around, it was around those ages, right? Where I was old enough to know what I wanted to do. But he stripped my ass naked, threw me in the shower, beat my ass, made me take a shower. All of that ass whooping that I took that day, guess what? I didn't go to church. But I got my ass whooped. And that's when I learned I'm willing to take punishment for what I want in the long run. For what you believe in, yeah. Yep. That's when I learned that. I got my ass whooped, but I still got what I wanted. I was you, the rest of the fucking day. You weren't able to go to go out for a little bit after oh, that, no, too. I was, like, gra- like, I was grounded. I couldn't go I, nowhere. I couldn't do anything. I, I I think the only you were able to go with me somewhere like two weeks after that or something like that. But was like a, it wasn't. I was, yeah, I was. I didn't. My freedom had been taken away. 
yeah. at that point because I didn't want to conform to, but this is when all of these thoughts and ideas started coming. That's when I started realizing Christianity is bullshit. God and Jesus is not bullshit. Christianity mm. is bullshit because of the things that were done to me in the name of it. You understand? All of this has an effect on my outlook on America, my outlook on a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Right. And you don't realize it until you get older. The things that you hold resentment for, the things that you hold animosity for, the things that molded you into it. You can't get me to step foot into a church now. You can't. I don't care if you get married or not. Can't get me to step foot. And I believe in God and Jesus. They all, they are, they all, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe he died on the, on the cross for my sins. But you can't get me to go back in the church because I know what that church represents to me. Pain. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's intense. No, I mean, it, it, it's got to be like that for a lot of people. No, I, uh, without a doubt. It, it's funny because him saying that it just makes so much sense with a lot of people. I mean, just in different ways, but I've, I've heard stories of just stuff that's happened to them or reasons why the parents did certain things or why they did certain things and they did it for the wrong reasons, but in the name of Christianity. So it's pretty interesting that that's the, that's the case. I, I, I feel like at some point, People, pro- everyone probably runs into a situation where um, they feel a sense of hypocrisy towards towards religion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've I've dealt with with that too, which has led me one uh, down down a path. And I, you know, how everyone responds to it is pro- is probably different. But I think at some point, everybody deals with that like that decision. You know what I mean? Like, how are they going to respond to the, to that hypo- that hypocritical person um, mm-hmm. on that? And you know, obviously for you, you you made your choices. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I I saw again. I love my parents. It was probably abuse, but I'm not going to call it that. I just call it because I wasn't a perfect kid. I did a lot of shit. I didn't do too much shit, but I did shit. You know what I mean? But I just I feel like my parents were guided by how they were raised by their parents and you only know what you know. And I still have mm-hmm. some semblance of my dad in me when I'm raising my kids. I'm try I try not to, but it's 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 a it's a I don't want to say it's genetic, but it's a, you know, you pass it on to your kids. There's a it's lot right, of it's what you know. It is yeah, certain right. certain things were effective in making you you. I mean Right. And so now this is why I have trust issues with family members and friends. I don't trust anybody. I don't believe anybody. I'm just like emotionally to myself. And this is, you know, it it all goes back to how your upbringing is. You know what I mean? You, you mm-hmm. see what you see, you recognize what you recognize, and you can't really turn that off once the light has been turned on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like um, on the opposite of you. Mm-hmm. Um you said your parents were were 38 and your dad being a, a Vietnam vet, very religious upbringing. I'm, I'm kind of the exact opposite. My parents were 18 and 20 when they had me, you know, and didn't really, I wouldn't say that I, I grew up in a religious household, but like, you know, I went to Sunday school Right. But it wasn't it was more for like foundational more than like strict adherence. Right. right. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, for me, even even my my parents being as young as they were, I think has followed. Followed me to this day. In in just everyday interactions, mm. you know, um, back when I was born eighty six, so you know, back then, you were able to do certain things that you just can't, in my opinion, do now. Right? Um, you could drop out of high school and go get a solid providing job. Mm. You ain't doing that now, right? Um, you know, my mother was able to, to she graduated and, and was able to do some college while I was, um, you know, around my, but my, my parents busted their ass to be able to provide and do the things that they needed to do. But the accessibility to certain things was greater. I feel like, 
they they weren't ashamed to, of working two jobs and all that, right? Um, but that was that turnaround, that conversion was a lot, a lot greater, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you you kind of fast forward now, where I'm 34 now, but they they kind of still have that mentality of where, all right, if you just work a little bit harder, it's, it's still there. It's still accessible where in my opinion, like, you know, now you can, you can work as hard as they did before and you're still not going to get that outcome. And I don't think they completely grasp that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a, a fight, but I was real fortunate with, with how young they were because I was able to do things with my parents that I, I think a lot of people who have older parents can't like go places with, with them and they have, and they have a certain amount of energy to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in my, my late twenties, early thirties, like I'm hitting the club with my parents. And it was like, at first it was kind of weird Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what I can do in front of you, but <laughs> I mean, because you're still mom and dad, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Still, like, but and and honestly, like they was probably doing shit that I didn't want to see my damn self. Like, well, all right, mod, stop doing that. Stop dancing like that with dad. I don't need to see that. It's too much. You know what I mean? There was an adjustment there, but how how many how many people can say that? My parents go out more than I do. You know what I'm saying? I think I see my parents kiss twice in my life. Oh no. That hmm. I mean my my parents have were are affectionate people. Yeah, no. Like I I like I said, I, I had I had a very opposite. You saw it. I mean you were there. Yeah, oh, right? I, I gravitated to it because that's what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted it, life like that. It's funny though, because I didn't appreciate when I had it though. Well, hmm. I mean I still have it. But you know what I'm saying? Like at, at that age rate, like I was more all right back up like i need my space uh i i would say probably a little asshole about it probably but again not appreciating what yeah man i wish what what i had with with that and again even in in, in just the youth appreciating the youth you know it it really affected the things i was able to learn from my father the the thing him mo- more specifically I think because, you know, being a boy, that's where I, I gravitated more. Right. I, I took lessons, life lessons kind of from dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it just, I think it made life easier in a way that I didn't, I really did never appreciated. I, you know, at the, at the end of it. I got you. I dig it. Well, parents are important and, and I don't, I don't want to vilify my parents, you know what I'm saying? Because they only can do what you can do. You only know what you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, I feel like my parents did the best that they thought that they could do. Mm-hmm. So sure. I don't want to hold them to that. But I do understand that at the same time, it makes you who you are. Your environment, none of that shit is genetic. Your outlook on life, none of that shit is, in, is genetic. That, it comes from strictly experience. So when you start having these experiences that you probably shouldn't have, like I just remember uh, growing up in church, they we younger, we uh, we used to have to go in the basement of the church and watch this movie called A Distant Thunder, and it was about the rapture and the end of the world and stuff like that. And um, it, you just saw a lot of fucked up imagery, people in hell with worms coming out their face and shit like that. Mm. Terrified, terrified me. Yeah, my mom used. I to think that's me. the purpose of it. Well, yeah, but at a four and five years old, you, the, the desired result is not going to be what you think. My mother mm. told me for many years growing up that the rapture was going to happen before I, I turned 16 years old. Mm. So I spent the first 16 years of my life absolutely fucking terrified. Wow. Had crazy ass dreams at the end of the world. And I yeah. still have them. I still have them. Like that subconsciously, these things that happen to you, that's you indoctrinate your kids because they don't know no different. They're new to this, so anything you tell them, they're gonna t- they're gonna think it's true. That's why mm-hmm. I said it. Real. That's why the tooth fairy is feel real. That's why Jesus and God is real to me now, because my parents told me they were, and I've experienced. You know, I have my own experiences and stuff like that. But yeah, 
the amount of power that your parents have, they don't realize. Mm-hmm. You understand? And so it turns you into somebody who you might not necessarily have been otherwise. Well, I, right. I, I don't know. Yeah. See, it's funny because like you're, you're the sixth no. child, right? So I think that also plays a part in it. Like so, so much, so much of your upbringing is timing. Right. So like, like you look at a lot, like the kids now, some kids, some kids now that are born during Corona, right. Are their parents are going to put them on a different level. Cause like, wow, you made it, you survived Corona, mm-hmm. you know, even with everything else with pedophilia and all that stuff where those things, when we were born, weren't, weren't the same. When our parents were born, weren't mm-hmm. the same. Like they were le- less concerned. Your your parents might have been more concerned with, with wars coming back or happening, continuing, right? Mm-hmm. More so versus when you were born, right? So it, it's it's a timing thing a lot. Well, I mean, I, 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 I can say that, but my parents are still on the same shit that they were. <laughs> it's all about God. And once you, once you give your life to God, then everything else disappears. Yeah. I have personally found that I'm only 35. I haven't lived in longer than, but I found it to be bullshit because life don't work that way. I just, it's just my own personal opinion. And so for a long time, it kind of, when, when you're fo- when your parents focus on one party, one aspect of life and not the others, you kind of become a one dimensional person. My parents didn't graduate high school. They didn't go to college. They wound up being successful because, like you said, during that time, you were still able to not finish and still become successful. But Mm -hmm. in turn, that meant that my education didn't really matter that much. So I can come home for a whole school year and tell you I didn't get homework and you're going to believe me. Whether you believe me or not, you don't give a shit. And that's what I did. I came home for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months. I don't got homework. My teacher ain't gave me homework. And I failed every fucking class possible. So yeah. It's by the grace of God that I graduated high school, not because I'm dumb, but because what was emphasized at home was only getting to heaven. Mm. That's all that mattered. And I don't, I don't know how to balance a checkbook. Don't know shit about taxes. Don't know. Not to say I can't learn now, but you get my point. I, I, but I can yeah. tell you how to get to heaven. I can, I can go into the a God conversation with you. I'm going to be right because that's what I was taught. You got to have a tie on. You got to have a belt on. You got to. I mean, I remember my first day of second grade, I got my ass beat in school because my father made me go to school with suit and tie. Not realizing this is 1993 and that's not what kids do. So I got made fun of and they beat the shit out of me. Right. This is what happens when you. How old are you? That was ninth grade. No, that was second grade. Oh, second grade. You went to school with a suit and tie. Yeah, I got the shit beat out of me too. I lived in Spring Valley as much. I don't think it should. It's messed up that that happened. That you had to get beat up because of your what you wore, but that shouldn't mean that you know that's the cause of. Yeah, but I begged not to go to school like that. I begged. Oh, you begged not to go to school. I knew what was going to happen to me Mm. because I'm in. I'm in there. I'm in the school. I know how kids treat kids. I'm there. Where was that? In where? Spring Valley. Here in in New York. Yeah, of course there was a bunch of black kids that jumped me. Of course. Mm. I didn't expect different. I wasn't. And what happened when you got home? Nothing. They, they, I mean, they ain't sent me to school in the same clothes the next day, but it wasn't like they went and go defend my honor and shit like that because that's in their mind. That's just how shit goes. And so there's a lot of, when you allow your child to experience certain things and you, in your defenses, you need to man up. Like, you allow a lot of shit to slip through the cracks. And I'm a, I'm not a per, I'm a broken person. I'm not going to just blame it on my parents. But I, what I can say is that my thought process comes directly from what I was taught earlier. Do you feel like if your parents were like, I know Frank said like, Oh, you, you said, mentioned something about being one dimensional that you didn't know how to balance the checkbook or anything like that. But if your parents, cause they wanted to implement your salvation, you know, they wanted to know that you knew how mm-hmm. to be a righteous person, right? So yeah, if they were able that. to implement those worldly things because you're still living in the world, do you think that would have helped your upbringing? 
I mean, I yeah, I I get the logic behind what they were doing, but you didn't teach me anything else. I'm six foot four and only was able to make a basketball team because I paid for it to get on the team. You know, you understand? You are you. If I told you I wanted basketball, that was the devil. I told you I wanted karate, that was the devil. I told you I wanted to do X, Y, and Z, the devil. So when that was that's what the reasoning was for a lot of your things. All all of it, because if I if I did karate, then I'm gonna meditate and meditate, and it's talking to Satan, and so. But what about your other brothers and sisters? None of us was allowed to do anything. We was all the same. I'm I'm the one that had the most freedom. Yeah. I was the first person to ever have somebody sleep at my house. I was the first person to ever be allowed to sleep at somebody's house. And you're looking at the guy right there, Frank. None of these things happened before me. I, it, it took it took my parents to trust Frank and Frank's parents for them to allow me to do anything. Well, man. My, mind you, our parents probably have spoken less than a handful of times in the 22 plus years that we've known each other. Yeah, it's been a couple I, My parents have never spoken, no, maybe once, maybe once to I his father. Dad spoke to my dad. I got, I, yeah. I got a question. My mom's definitely talked. It's they probably when, you, when, 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 you, when they picked you up to drop you off like for a split second. Like, oh, they're outside. You yeah, but it was like, oh, hey. Outside. Hey, how's it going? Hey. <laughs> I'm bringing my son here. Okay. Again, everything, everything was tied around religion when I was growing up, so... How were your how did your grandparents raise your parents? My I don't know. My grandfather who fought World War II, he wasn't in my father's life. My my father's father. My grandmother, his father was a bitch. She was the worst. My mother's grandmother my mother's mother, that was the only grandparent I really considered mm-hmm. a grandparent. So what brought your parents to be so religious? Well, my mother just followed my father. They, they, it was God. What, what made your dad then? You think it was the war, or was he like I, that before war? I don't. He wasn't like that before war. It was after the war. I don't. I honestly don't know. War does but, things to people. Yeah, you're talking about late '60s, so I don't know. You know, he's probably tired of the life that he was living, but you still you. You know what I mean? You can use the mask of God and religion to try to become a better person, but you still you. You understand, and and once the problem is once you start ju- uh, using religion and God to justify the reasons that okay. you do things. I got a question. What does that mean? You're still you. You can be an asshole and a terrible person and still believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. As simple as that. You can be mean to your family and not really care two fucks about them, and mm. still believe that Jesus Christ died for you. And okay. that's what every just because you're a part of religion don't mean you're not you're not a bad person. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So and I don't even think again, I don't want to blame him. I thought I, what I why I needed clarification with that was because um I felt like you can't you, I felt like what you might have been saying, and I'm glad you gave me that clarification, was because you can try to be as spiritual or religious as you want to be, but you're still you, meaning you're still the person that you were before you're trying to make these changes, which in turn makes it seem that you're saying that we can't change because we're inevitable. You know, we have those that that fixed person that we were. Right, right. So that's yeah. why I needed that clarification. Yeah, no, that's not what, what you mean. No, no, I, I, thought, I, I thought that's what he said too at first, but then and then I really thought about it because you got a lot of people that that play the game. But they're really not taking the teachings to heart. They're just like playing, like I believe and stuff like that. But they're not like, really like living by the word. They're just like, they're like still being, Bible still scripture, fucked up ways. Right. Bible scriptures only apply when you talk about when convenient. Yeah. So how those and those in those instances, I feel like those people. They're. I feel like those people are just like Frank said, hypocrites, man. Yeah, but how do you say I mean, yes, your dad. That's the guy that makes you a guy. I know, man. I know, man. But I think there's, um, I think, I, I studied Chinese philosophy, and you, we learn a lot from the people that we don't want to be either. Also, I mean, we mm-hmm. learn a and lot so. by seeing, exactly, by seeing those people that are not being an example, because that helps us understand what an example is. If mm-hmm. that's not an example, then the opposite is an example. They say you learn more that's, from a mistake than a, than success. You learn yeah. more from failure than success. I, I, I you know what? I actually am one that truly believes in that because I, speaking of upbringings, that's part of mine. Um, when you say that, because I've learned a lot 
uh, from my parents, um, specifically my father, right? Um, had a blessed upbringing. I'm a little bit different between, I'm kind of in between PJ and John. Never brought up religious. I can't even, I mean, they mentioned they believed in God, but there was anything um, concrete. They never went to church unless it was like, I think I remember one mass I went to when I was younger. It was, and my grandmother was there. I can't, it wasn't really um, a thing in my family. Um, I knew of it. They believed, but they just didn't shove it down my throats. My faith has come later on from me studying and knowledge and what I've been uh, and what I've experienced. But uh, but the mistakes thing that you talk about, Ray, I, uh, I had a pretty good upbringing. Parents were both loving, so they care for each other. Then you always see, you know, arguments and fights, but I guess what marriage doesn't, what family doesn't have that, right? Um, but I, I, am, I try to follow my dad's footsteps a lot because he's a very... He's he's just an awesome dude. You know what I mean? Like he's just all around. He's he's city kid, um, good head on his shoulders and stuff like that. I used to just be like, man, want to be like that dude when I was younger. Then as you start to get older, I started noticing some things, and one of them was, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a bad characteristic because you have to know when to use it, when not to use it. Like the one thing I noticed is that if you do my pops wrong. That's it. You wrote you wrote off. There's like very little room for forgiveness. Very little tolerance. There's no. You have. There's almost no coming back. Sorry's almost not even gonna cut it. Like you'd be lucky if it does. As he got an older, he's been more. You know, open to that, and that's one thing I've tried to not be like. You know, you almost gotta know when to cut this person off, but you also need to know when to forgive because not everything is what it seems. I mean, once you get something stuck in your head, you get something stuck in his head, it's a wrap. It's over for you. Even if perceptions, it might point that way, but that's not really the whole truth. But I try to take a step back, and it's the one thing I try not to do and give people the benefit of the doubt because that could definitely ruin relationships. There's probably, I mean, he probably knows there's probably something that he's been through that he freaking, you know, he made a mistake and they never did wrong, but it's a appearance receiving or something he felt slighted in some way and done. You know, and I try not to do that with my friends, try not to do that with family, unless it's really deserving, you know? So I try to learn, try to take the good stuff from what he's taught me and go go further with it. And that's one of the things that I've learned to do. And it's one of those things actually we probably still argue about sometimes. I'm like, do you really, are you sure? Could you, <laughs> did you really think about it? Maybe did it happen that way? And then sometimes I'm right. Sometimes he was right, you know? Um, but in terms of mistakes, like you said, that's what I do try to uh, learn from because my parents were great people and I loved them to death and they did right by me and did the best they could. But as you get older, you start to see the faults in your parents and you start to mature and realize, okay, maybe you shouldn't take that stubborn attitude with everything or maybe you should see things a little bit differently, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, Sometimes that's like a parent thing too, though, just in, in general, not necessarily towards other yeah. people, but just their stubbornness when they deal with, with their kids, especially, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Mo- one one thing that I I always fought with, but mostly with my mother, was like that. My parents raised me to question. I feel right, mm-hmm. always. So, but they never liked it when I questioned them, which is kind of like I don't. I, uh, yeah, right. But they, you can't raise somebody to to want to know so to ask why and then when they ask you why it's the fuck you can that that used to be like my mother's response too is that well well why do i gotta do that well because well, i told why? you and that would be that would be the end when she didn't have any more fake answers Mm-hmm. Because I told you so. That's it. Just go do it. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why can't I ever just get an okay, mom? That yeah, she still oh, says so that shit sometimes. You are so <laughs> like I got, I got my ass. Why can't she get an okay? But it, it's it's not that you can't. It's that like I'm trying to understand because especially if you're like you want if you want something done and it's not like urgent mm-hmm. other than the fact that you want it to be urgent 
Like that, like help me to understand why this is so important to do right this second. That's all. That, that's you are so lucky. <laughs> I, yo, if I asked my par- parents why they told me to do something, or if I said no to them, I got the shit beat out of me, bro. I I never really said no. Why? Really why, said no. why I got to do it? Why David? Ain't boop. <laughs> but see, I, I didn't have siblings either. At least that were capable of doing instead yeah. of me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I asked why anything other than the normal, like why is the sky blue? But if I ask that question, he, why they telling me to do something? Yeah, that was asshole. Speaking on that, PJ. The sibling for PJ, you know you're out there. You know how much work I have to do. Going to his house to help clean up, to hang out. That you could be doing. Why could you yes. be bored earlier? Bro, <laughs> so dude, dude, dude. I don't want to talk about. It. If anybody's labored at PJ's house, you're looking at this guy. <laughs> After leaving right. my house to labor, going to his house to labor. Yeah. Oh man, good time. But you, but, you, but you also broke things, so you know what I mean. You got to make up for it. I, didn't break, <laughs> I don't think I broke more than I labored. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how that equates to. We're, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna have to get time. get them to, to calculate that up one day. Yeah, they hey, can remember the, everything. Hey, Candy, Frankie, send me the bill. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Wait, as long as it's not Faye, over three hundred. Babe, <laughs> what what what's something that you think you went through or had to deal with, like in in your upbringing that the other three of us haven't had to to encounter really? Can you think of anything um, specific? Uh, I'm trying to think. Nothing specific per se. It's just uh, I feel like he's had more pressure. I, I've, yeah, it's more of my. Uh, I can. My family. Yeah. My family is very. They're very. They're very hard individuals. I mean, even my mom's would just be like, just go, go. Go after yourself if you if you you know take it the wrong way. So, you know they're very um, but also great people. Like so, it's so I'm kind of blessed because in a way I try to not be. I stand I stand on my own, but as a kid I wasn't very much like that. You know, as a, as a young kid too. At one point there was a kid that was bullying me, and and I just couldn't grasp the concept of like just defending myself. It was in. Uh, it was like uh, I think it was like first, first. I think it was actually it was first, it was first grade. Yeah, first grade. Um, and I told my, my folks about it instead of doing something myself about it. And they're like, "What?" Brought me over there, forced me into an altercation. You better hold your own, you know. <laughs> and I at first, that scared me in, as a kid. You know what I mean? And most, I mean, some people see that as child abuse, like nowadays, but. I understood, like, I understood why they did it. I just felt like it was uh, maybe a little too much for that young. I mean, maybe as a teenager, you kind of, like, develop some sort of sense of, like, self-preservation or whatever. But as a kid, I just wanted to play with my G.I. Joes. I don't know why this kid was being mean to me. You know what I mean? Like, so I was put into a situation where I had to force to defend myself. And um, I, I, I cried. I was, it bothered shit. From from what I can remember, too, actually, not for nothing, John kind of hit on something. You, I, I remember you always, but your family always putting the best foot forward, like in their presentation, mm-hmm. and like and like that carrying over to everybody. Like I remember your dad always. Like, no, you got to shower before you go out, cologne, mm-hmm. brush your teeth. You got to, you always have to be presentable. And like, I, <laughs> I can see that uh, as a pressure. So I don't know if you felt like that going through it, but like, I don't think I dealt, dealt with that. Like I, I could walk around or go out in my sweats and not have to worry about like somebody saying something to me. I don't, I don't really know if you ever. Yeah, you know what? It, it, as you know what, that's funny to say that because that was always a comment that people made. My family always dressed to the nines. They just really took a lot of pride in their periods, and like John said, a lot of that was based upon what their parents taught them. You know what I mean? Even when they were growing up, so they passed that down to me. I think my my pops told me he learned from his pops. You ain't a man if you're not wearing a belt, amongst other things. You know. He also I told me he, a million times growing up. Oh, all right. Because of our, our, our parents are around the same age. It was the weirdest I thing. And I, I'm still trying to understand that concept. I'm like, so if I don't wear a belt, I'm basically not a dude. I don't understand that. Because sometimes I don't. And I feel like naked without it. Oxygen gas masculinity, bro. But 
and then there's other things like you know that uh well oh, just getting back to the, the the pressure part i never saw it as pressure until maybe i got as actually it wasn't too late it was older because i was like ah, fuck, i don't feel like you know i just want to wear this or whatever like damn look presentable and he's like make you make guilt you like that kind of pressure like that yeah, yeah, yeah but he wouldn't be like you're gonna do it like it was more like that's the, the disappointment look. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> disgusted in you. And like, I'll feel bad about uh, it, but I'll still go play with Super Nintendo after, you know? But uh, <laughs> I'll like, I'll like wash my guilt away with that. But it was, like, but as a kid, I was growing up. Like right now, I don't see any. It just happens natural because that was the way I was growing up. So some people, like, so when I was a kid, it's not pressure because as a kid, I was just like, okay, it's part of the routine. You gotta yeah, shower, yeah, you, you were accustomed to it, mm-hmm. and you just do it. You know, you just go with the, you know, you know what you know. And it wasn't until I was old, I was like, this is a stupid rule. Like, you really start thinking about it. Like, why would, do I have to wear, I'm just a lot going of to the store. Stupid, I was just going to the store. Why do I have to shower right now? I'm going to shower when I get back, because I'm probably going to sweat a little bit. And he's like, no, you're going to shower. My dad used to shower before he used to go to the pool. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I I get that part because you don't want your nasty skin flakes in the in the water for everybody. No, I know, but if like, you just walk, like if you showered already that morning, and you just walked around the house for a little bit, just do a shower again before it goes to the pool. No, like, sometimes I, know you didn't I shower before nothing. I go to the pool. Sometimes I don't. Yeah, I don't see this. Yeah, I understand after, and I was just like, all right, I'm not telling you to take a bath in the damn pool, but yeah. you know, it was like little things like that or the belt thing. I I still don't understand the concept to this day. I'm trying to like, get in my grandfather's head, like why did he teach my pops? And that's because that's the way that was the way of the world, man. Yeah. But there's some things that there's some things that I value that it did teach me, and I do believe, like the whole thing with the belt. Okay, I'm not sure where that comes from, and I really don't get it. It's just a material, a piece of clothing that goes on your accessory that goes on your waist. But so you got a weapon like, just in like, case something happens. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. What was that movie? Go watch With Samuel Jackson? But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was some good things. There's yeah, there's good. some good things. And, like, there's things that he told me that I just, that I, like, like I said, that was, eh, doesn't make sense to me. Who do you think? There's stuff that he taught me that was, like, very valuable. Like, he says, you're not a man just because you have a set of cojones and you have a shaft. That doesn't make you a man. Like, I think a lot of, I think a lot of that has to and, do with parents, too. Now that, you, now that you mention that, because what? my dad was big on appearances going to church. Like, if we didn't look like the sharpest motherfuckers walking into that that building, like, it was... And he, orderly, right? Right, right. He look, He didn't want to look bad. And a lot of that is ego, man. Like, yo, I don't... But it forced me... I mean, I, mm-hmm. there are certain things that he did that made me better. Like, I'm never going to be late for a meeting in my life because I am taught that on time is 15 minutes early. That comes Mm -hmm. from the military. That is super useful in my everyday life. Certain things that I probably lost respect for because it was like pushed down your throat. So there are, there's a balance. Mm -hmm. No parent has a manual and each of us are different. So it kind of, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors. I ain't gonna just put it on my parents. I put it on my mm-hmm. siblings too because I y'all don't have the amount. Oh, of the, yeah, there, there's a ton of shit. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm the puncher. I told my sister this the other day. Like I'm I'm number six out of six. So I was out the womb being niggas punching bags, and that's what I was up until about sixteen or seventeen when I was big enough to punch back. But mm-hmm. you. You know, you all of these things, your upbringing, they all uh, uh, contribute to your outlook on life. You know what I mean? And how you kind of perceive things. And, and it's not all your fault. It's not all their fault, but it's an amalgamation. It is literally mm-hmm. everything because I don't know what it's like to have a shit ton of siblings, having to wear somebody clothes to go to school. Those are your new school clothes mm-hmm. or somebody else's clothes. Y'all know what that's like. You know what I mean? Even if you have a siblings, both PJ and Fabi, I got sisters, little sisters. You know what I'm saying? So it's not. Right. <laughs> yeah, I ain't ha- yeah. All y'all got, y'all ain't have to share shit. I got three older brothers. That's all I, I had to share. Uh, I'm talking about clothes. I'm talking about clothes. I mean, uh, it would have been hard for you. You're ten years apart. Yeah, I am. Fa- I mean, Fabian's a lot closer in age than than I was. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I listen. Yeah, I'm four years. Oh, so is, I think Ray too. I remember. Years, years. Yeah. I remember them sharing sharing a room, and whenever oh, I slept cool. over, like we had a like. Like somebody went in and stood in the in the yeah, other the room. Floor, floor out. I remember those days. Floor go somewhere. Like go. go away. Yeah. <laughs> Halo. I remember those days, man. Yeah. Bye, floor. Yeah. Bye. But it, <laughs> it, it's funny because right, so I, you, John and 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 Fabian both had that uh 
I guess that ego aspect, for lack of a way of saying it, like that's why at least that's how John referred to it. Involved. I I never really experienced it with you as much so, John, as I as I did with Fabian, because like I I used to feel like I had to get dressed up if I was going out with them. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like I felt underdressed. Right, right. It was only and on I, Sundays. It was only on and Sundays. I, and and. and like I remember, I remember <laughs> hanging out with Fabian and like us playing video games or whatever the case may be, right? And like getting ready to go out. And I, I remember him, babe, get ready, Fabian, let's go get get your stuff together. And my man would like transform. He about to get fly. You know, what, you know what I'm saying, but, but, but then when we went places, though, like Ruben also, I feel like made it a point that. Fabian properly introduced himself that he made his appearance known in a way, you know what I'm saying? That was a pressure. Uh, a presence, pressure. I don't, yeah. I, I don't feel I ever had to, to deal with. And, you know, Ruben's in a, also in a different level publicly, I guess the right way to say that in terms of who he knows and whatnot. So, but he, I feel like he put that on Fabian as well. And, and not just a pressure aspect, like, a, a good life lesson, though, that I never feel I had to deal with to that degree. Mm-hmm. So, like Fabian carries a certain amount of a, a certain dif- a different kind of confidence in those situations. I think that I don't even think he realizes he has. Like I think it's just it's just ingrained there right. at it's this point. You are at this point, yeah. Right, you know. So it, it, it's interesting. To, to what what about it, it you, Ray? Pop out. I want to hear about Ray. Ray's been quiet this whole time. No, I haven't been quiet the I whole time. Letting letting y'all go and express I want to buy. Yourselves. I want to hear about your upbringing because I, I know least about yours. I've experienced the other two's personally. I was born an adult. <laughs> no, I'm just fine. I can tell by the beard, bro. Um, well, it's too perfect. For the most of my life, I was uh, raised by a single mom. Mm. Uh, I used to blame myself for their split. I used to blame myself for their divorce because my father took me to meet his mistress one time. I remember it was in Brooklyn. It was by like a warehouse and whatnot. I remember that day clearly. Probably because I repeated it and kind of blamed myself for a certain amount of years. Um, I don't remember the lady's name too and everything. Donna. Donna, I hear you out there, you freaking homewrecker. That was like a hoe. Uh, <laughs> 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 So I remember that night, that night, um, or it was maybe a few nights. I don't remember, but I know that after I met her, I didn't, I didn't even want to meet her. I wanted to stay in the car. I was four years old. My sister was just born and, um, it was in Brooklyn. It was, I don't, I had to go on the side. It was, it was like one of those stone, you know, those, those kind of um, brownstones, but not necessarily brownstones, but those kind of, you know, homes in the, yeah. Um, I walked up to, up the stairs and met her and he introduced me and whatever. And after that, I told my mom, I told my mom that he was seeing somebody. Mm. And then after that, I was shortly sent to Puerto Rico with my grandparents so that we can, uh, yeah, so my parent, my grandparents could raise us. And then, like, after that, um, I really didn't see my father anymore until I was older. Wow. So how, I had how, that. how old were you when, you when you saw him again? About, I mean. Um, I think I saw him again when I was, like, eight or nine years old for the first time. Well, so like probably f- we made, like, little appearances here and there, like, when my grandfather died. Because my grandfather ended up being my father figure up until he passed away, and though he passed away when I was eight, so four years for four years, my grandfather was was raising me. So wow. um, your grand grandfather on your mom's side? Yeah, from my mom's side. I wow. I still don't even I don't even have a relationship with my grandparents from my father's side. Wow. So, um, you think it affected then, you way? Yeah, it affected me growing up until I learned how to let go of that how to let go of that guilt that I was carrying and understand that it wasn't my fault and, and forgive my father too. Cause dude was thinking with the wrong head, you know, like a lot of us end up doing. No difference. <laughs> That's been the biggest revelation for me growing up is that, yo, this nigga was a guy that just got a girl pregnant and I came. 
Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't really, he was just trying to get a nut, bro. Like, and it mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, oops. So I don't, I, I blame my father for a lot, but as I get older, I try to take a lot of the blame off of him because I understand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if I can imagine ha- not have had it, not have had my dad. Mm-hmm. Not having a father. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I don't know why that was so hard. It's a scary thought. But yeah, like it's, I, it, uh, there's been times like, all right, uh, like people come and go and pass and this, this and that. Like, I'm not, there's times that I, I'll think about like if he was to pass, right? Like, how hard that would be and how much that would hurt and like it hurts so like to me for you to have gone through life so far and not um not having him accessible to you initially um and to be as as good as you are that's that's pretty fucking awesome on you and your mom you're a strong because, motherfucker. Yeah, man. When did, I mean, when, did, uh, when did Maggie meet Joe? I'm sorry, PJ. When did Maggie meet Joe? That was early or that later? That was in 98. My parent, my mom married my stepdad in 98. So I was, that was when I was starting eighth grade. Mm. Oh. 12, 12 years old, roughly. Yeah, about 13. They were seeing each other a while before that, too? And then they... Mm, I knew Joe maybe for, like, kind of knew Joe maybe for a year before that. Oh, wow. As much yeah, as I but my mom, my mom really didn't bring my stepdad around much. Yeah, uh, I think she learned her lesson. She didn't really want us to have any type of interaction with the men that she was trying to make. You know, our stepfather. Mm. She had her experiences, and you know, later on in life, I found out what she had to go through. And man, I can't believe my mom went through all those things. Yeah. Freaking mm. guys, you know, abusing and stuff like that, and just. Uh, if I would have known, I, I, I probably wouldn't have done much growing up as a child, but knowing it now, you know, it's a different story. But yeah. hats off to my mom, man. She did everything she H- could. Hats off to both of y'all, because as much as I talk shit about my pops, I don't know what I would be without him. I don't know Facts. if I would be better. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever manhood I have, it ain't come from Gloria. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it came from him. So it's mm-hmm. like, I, as much as I give him a hard time because he didn't really know how to show love the way I need it, he showed me this is the path to being a man and this is what you need to do. This is what mm-hmm. men And I needed that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. props to you and your mom for getting through that without no dude. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't mm-hmm. know if my mom could have did that. I don't think my yeah. mom, she couldn't have raised four boys to be so, men like how you yeah. are. I'm saying, yep. yep. So she's strong, and you're strong. Thanks, bro. But my 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 grandparents up until my my grandfather died ended up taking the role while my mom was the breadwinner. My mom worked her ass off in the city while her two children were living in Puerto Rico, so she could provide for us. Um, well, so props out to your whole fucking family dynamic. Then I mean, to to everybody because because listen, takes a village. Yeah, and there's so many paths, bad pathways that you could have gone, mm-hmm. right? Like, like through uh, through that. If you look anywhere, how many fatherless Statistic homes that there are? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. that that, that just that speaking, just turned out. Yeah, to probably be in jail, yeah. right? You're supposed to be in jail. failing in jail. Statistically speaking, you were supposed to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so. You overcame a lot of odds, man. Yeah, yeah, man. That's and I'm, you know, I look at you as like one of those people. I, I don't hold many people on a pedestal, but I hold you on one. You know, yeah, what I mean? bro, that's dope. <laughs> that's dope, bro. Like all three, I, I hold on a certain. I have a level of regard, but that's that goes also into who raised you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a very um, it's very important to to look at that. You know what I'm saying? And recognize where you can overcome and where you did overcome. Yeah, man. And it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy the the, tur- the turmoil that one can go through and really blossom from though at the same time. Pressure makes diamonds, right? 
I guess. Sound right like hey. a diamond. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? That's my boo. Yeah, Shit. you're fucking right. Life hey, lessons, man. but you know what? You know what? I, I, I gotta say this. I, I, w- I don't think it could have it any different. You know what I mean? I, c- I cannot say uh, it because it, it made me who I am today. And like I said, you learn from the mistakes, but I learned so much positive, like just life lessons. You know what I mean? Your parents just teach you so freaking much. I mean, and it's better when you have a group of uh, when you have parents that teach you um, more good than what not to do. You know what I mean? Through their mistakes. You know, because I know a lot of people out there don't have it as good as we do when it comes to their families, broken homes and stuff like that. You know, mom's mom's a junkie, dad's beating her, like that type of shit. You know, I'm blessed I didn't have to go through that dynamic. And a lot of them come up and end up being messed up because of that upbringing. Then there's a lot that turn around. You know, they hit a certain level in their life and they're able to move forward. But it's hard to do if you don't have that initially. You know what I mean? If you don't have that. The point. Shout out to my parents. A a, a positive dynamic, you know, in in, in the house. It starts at home, you know. That's why the home is so important. Because you know what? All of the all of the shit that I feel on my side that I went through, I don't know their side. And I know that beyond all, my parents didn't have ill will towards me. Mm-hmm. Whatever they did, whatever their reasoning was, it wasn't because they didn't like me. Facts. You understand? Yep, yep, they, yep. they did yeah. it because they cared about me. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that because there's only going to be a certain amount of a handful of people that give a fuck about you to that level. And I don't know if anybody's ever going to care about you the way your parents care about you. Spouse, yeah. kids, otherwise. Because I know, even though my father's giving me hard times, I know he loves me. You understand? It's it's weird. It's weird. But I know you've done lots of fucked up shit, but you love me. And I know my mama loves me. It's it's actually, like like I said before, it's crazy how... The struggle teaches teaches you so much. The good, the good, the good, the bad. As as a kid, you kind of absorb all that stuff in ways that you don't realize. You know, like I I remember growing up in in Yonkers and and in the Bronx and being at even my grandparents' house and you know cockroaches or or mice and shit like that and like that actually fortified certain things. Yeah, parents trying as as hard as they could, right? Um, I, I remember my my father bra- uh, breaking his back from the le- for the lack of because uh, that's what he had to do right because he had a, he had a, he had a physical labor job that didn't fit, finish high school so that's what he had to do to provide you know our our situations all ultimately obviously made us who we are in such a varying degree they made us so damn awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not conceded <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean you're right it's true like, if anybody would have like I know a lot of people that look at us and they think we're you know they're varying opinions but I think we're all pretty good individuals you know and it's, in some in our own ways there's some stuff that we do different than others but you know we like I said shout out to our fucking parents because mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no way we will be where we are without them I, you know? no. I hope that people actually are able to take from this though too like have the success that they the things that they have learned themselves in their own situations right because in the moment it's very easy to look back on a lot sometimes and be like how you know talk about how shitty it is or how um how fucked up a, a certain situation might have been but it all culminates to make you better to make you who you are and you pull a positive message from those bad things so it's like everyone has that everyone is that awesome person it's not just us that's the thing right when when you talk about how great someone you are it's it doesn't have to be conceited that's okay to say it's all right to be like, yo, I'm, I'm awesome because I've done X, Y, and Z, or I overcame X, Y, and Z. And then you do we something with it. Yeah, and you, mm-hmm. you do something with it. Like, the three of us are here talking about our, our, our fathers most of this episode and our, our upbringing in your typical household. Ray has been able to become who he is despite that and yeah. having other figures fill that, fill that role. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean that that's something in it, it itself, and it, 
It's awesome. It's beautiful. There are, there are lessons that you can take from all of this. You know what I'm saying? Whether you, we all are, are molded by where we, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it doesn't mean we should allow that our experiences to dictate. Define us. Right. The, the dictate who we become and who we are. You know, you can take the good, you, you know, we all have filters. Our brain is a filter, literally. We can filter good information and bad information and take that where we can come from, you know, or, mm-hmm. or where we're going. Now you're so. right, man. Shit. Y'all got me reflecting. Y'all got me reflecting on this, a lot of shit. This convo can go yeah. on for a long time, bro. Yeah, it, it can. It can. <laughs> no, but you had, I, I like where you ended it, John. So on that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Frank, a.k.a. PJ, here with John, Fabian, and Ray. You've been listening to the Alpha 5 Podcast. Remember to catch us on all your streaming platforms, but as well as YouTube at the Alpha 5 Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Peace.